You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network. The Greg Nibbler Artistic Repository. That sounds like something that you poop in. No, it doesn't sound like that. It sounds like it's a, it's a maven for artistic types. And I think if we petition Greg, the you, building, you don't belong in a maven of any kind. I think I need to take on something else, and I think it's just to not really manage the building because I don't want to do any of the actual work. I just want to kind of be the overlord and, and the namesake. You just want of your like face painted on the side of it or something. Exactly, that's no. a great idea. No, it's not a great that idea. That is a great idea. We could put my face on the side. Nobody wants your face on the side of a no, building. No, I Greg. think I think this is really something that needs to happen. I'm going to petition the uh, building manager. Hello, this is Fun Employment Radio. I am Greg Nibbler here with Sarah X Dillon. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in today. We so greatly appreciate you tuning in wherever and however you listen, however you found us. We're glad you're here. Yes, welcome. And uh, don't forget, you can go to FunEmploymentRadio.com and click on the subscribe button and subscribe to the Fun Employment Radio Network. Get to listen to us live, get access to the chat, the exclusive archives, and all of the amazing shows on this network. Thank all you. right, so already there's comments in the chat about you putting your face on the side of the building. So uh, John says, please put his face on the side of the building. The graffiti would be amazing. Um, that, that that would be... Well, that would have to put up some measures for that. So for anybody who doesn't know, we broadcast out of a uh, four-story building ish something like that yeah, yeah. i think it's four-ish stories Four, four-ish stories four and three quarters it's big mm-hmm. and uh, we have our studio here in this building in portland oregon and i think i think it would be a good idea i you know i, I feel that we are kind of the uh preeminent business in here out of the hundreds. seriously greg well I'm just, oh my god and i think that you know as such maybe we could lend uh, you know i could lend my services to the building we can name it the greg nibbler artistic repository stop saying and repository then, well, what else would they call it? It sounds like suppository, and then it just sounds like when you say the art, uh, you're saying artistic suppository. That's what you want to call it. Ar- artistic repository, not suppository. So you're like an artistic suppository for laughter? No, no, it's a repository oh. for artists of all kind. But we we would have to prevent it get the, against the graffiti, and so I would petition probably to install some electric fences around it, and a very exclusive. You know, exclusive place, strict rules by which you could follow in order to enjoy your art and freedom and creativity. You know, just under the guidelines. Your face invites none of that. Yes, it would. It'd be a big... No, it wouldn't. You'd be just I'd be run- like a, a creepy, googly-eyed guy on the side of the building, like, hi! Oh, no, I'd, I'd have a stern look. A stern look on the side, just to warn people away, like, this is a creative space. Don't you dare mess with anyone here who's trying to be creative and follow the rules. And that, that'd just be... It'd be a, be a stern-looking face of me, and that's what it would say is, creativity, follow the rules. That would be the the well because that's the defining characteristic of creativity is following the rules. Absolutely, I mean, you know, there's got to be guidelines. There's guidelines to everything, whether it's art or whatever, whatever you're into. You know, as long as you follow the rules, you'll be just fine. I think this is. I think this could uh, this could actually be quite an amazing thing for for everyone involved. It would open up a you know expand your mind. Sometimes I wonder what it's like inside of your head. Like seriously, um, like you sit there and like all of a sudden you're just thinking about something and you're like, my face needs to be on the side of a building. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it needs to be the uh, artistic suppository. And repository. My, face, my yeah. face needs to be here so I can inject laughter. Oh well, into the into the anus. Yes, of people. I would. For- no, that's not how it would be. That's not how it would be. No, it would be uh, forced creativity. You know, I'm, I'm forcing people again. To that's express a thing themselves. that goes well with creativity. Is it mm-hmm. being forced? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the best. Yeah, the best things are always just the forced ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, exactly, exactly. I would make people be creative, and if you're not, you're out. You're out. I'll be the judge if you're creative or not. All right. So you want to paint your your face on the side of the building and call it the Greg Nibbler School of Artistic Suppository. It's not a – no, no. It's Greg Nibbler Artistic Repository. It's not a school. I'm not making up a curriculum. I'm just setting down guidelines and rules, strict, strict rules that people would need to follow in order to remain here in the in the building. I could see that. Like you could say great – so it could say your face, mm-hmm. Greg Nibbler's Artistic Suppository, and then underneath it it could say insert some fun into your life. No, no. It's not – again – Or your body. No, not suppository, repository, creativity, follow the rules. That'd be the, that'd be the, the guideline and be printed among, uh, above like every door and every room and people would have to learn the rules of creativity in order to be part of the, uh, part of the artistic community that, that I've set up. And naturally, there'd be a picture of my face probably in every sure. room. Sure. Like just a, just a portrait on the wall. You know, just a portrait so people can remember. It's like, oh, yeah, look at that stern-looking man. Clearly, he wants to make sure that I'm being creative. So I basically, you just want to be Big Brother. Well, not necessarily. Be, I'm not saying there's going to be a camera in every room, but you know there might be just some to monitor a few things. I wouldn't tell people which rooms the cameras are in, but it's only only for monitoring for safety concerns. 
That's all it would be, just for safety reasons. Nothing in the bathroom. I'm not, I'm not in any kind of that thing. You know, it's not for any reason other than I want people to be safe and feel like they're being protected and always, uh, you know, that people are watching them, appreciating their creativity. All right, I thought of another tagline. How about the Greg Nibbler Artistic School of Suppositories? No, no. Um, let's see. Injected laughter melting in your body at 98.6 degrees. <laughs> no, no, no. That's not uh, – that wouldn't be allowed. Already – you're on the borderline of not being allowed into the artistic repository. Okay. I mean, this is you, clearly you can't make fun of the rules. The rules can't be made fun of. So, oh no, I wasn't uh, making fun of them. I'm just trying to understand. I just I, I I know, and that's why I need to write them out. I need to make sure that it's very clear. Sure. So, what you should do in a building that we don't own is write mm-hmm. out rules for the hundreds of businesses I in could, here. I could just start doing that on my own, just as a, a proactive approach. Yeah, because I'd like to be removed from the building. What is wrong with you? You can't just slide notes under people's doors, just like uh, as per the code. I would do it anonymously, of course, at first before I put. You my can't name call on something there. the Greg Nibbler Artistic School of Suppositories, and then just like and then not think that it's going to be traced back to the studio that Greg. Nibbler rents. Okay, as long as I'm not the one printing it out and someone else is doing it, clearly I have no hand in it, but if the people are demanding it, you know, who am I to stop them? Who am I to keep them from uh, you know, appreciating my, my guidelines and my vision of an artistic place? And so if somebody wants to go slide those under doors, I mean you know, that's, that's their business. I certainly I'm a man of the people, and if the people demand it, you know, I'm, I'm, here, to, uh, I'm here to provide. Nobody's demanding anything from you. No, I think I think that's no. It. You won't. You will not start your your little lordship in our building. <laughs> You'll not be a looming guy standing on a milk crate out in front, like listen to me. Here I, are my rules I of think, creativity. I think maybe I'm just excited about Game of Thrones starting again. So, I think you so are I'm imagining too. that. I think you are too along those lines. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everyone, thank you for tuning in. As we said, joining us here in just a little bit, we're going to be joined by Mike Schmidt, the purveyor of not the baseball player. No, not the baseball player. Let's make sure that's clear. We had uh, we had uh, a little bit of confusion on that. No, not the baseball player. Um, Mike Schmidt, purveyor of the 40-Year-Old Boy podcast, and he's in town here performing, and so he's going to be joining us here in just a little bit. Okay, the best thing is, too, so we were listening. So he was actually talking about us on his show. Mm-hmm. Let's give a little behind the scenes. Yes. So Kenny, Kenny B., um, who, of course, is amazing, and he's the, he ended up uh, scheduling this out for us. And he's just like, hey, so I, I sent you this clip. I want you to listen. He's talking about your show and going on your show. And so he was speculating as to what he thinks that we talk about. Yes, because he hasn't Fun heard Unemployment Radio. Radio, or at yeah. least he hadn't at the time of his podcast. And he was speculating to his listeners about, he's like, you know, I don't know what it is. Maybe maybe they actually talk about unemployment and it's going to be some serious thing where I have to go on and discuss the issues. So I think that's what we should start off with him when he comes in here. Oh, yeah. I think we should talk about the issues. Yeah, that's, about I think we should talk about the unemployment rate. And yep, ask him. No, because he was seriously speculating if we sit here and we're a serious show talking about unemployment like <laughs> like levels yeah well i think i think that's what we should give him all right do you think we should ask him yes. well, i don't know them do you no but uh, well see and then that's another thing to do because that's like a conservative talk thing you don't have to really know anything if you're a conservative talk show host all you do is demand that other you pretend like you know mm-hmm. and demand that other people give you answers so essentially you okay, set so everyone up gonna- to f- no, don't, we're not having a guest on, and then you're setting him up to fail. Oh no, I'm not. I'm, but we're joking. I'm not actually doing it. I'm not actually doing it. I'm saying though, that's how. That's why it's so easy for people to uh, to do those conservative talk shows because that's all it is. You don't have to know anything. And I'm not. I'm. I mean, I'm saying conservative. It works for all spectrums of politics. Whatever. You know what I'm talking about. The, whether extreme liberal, extreme conservative. I'm not trying to get into any of that. I'm just saying you don't have to know a damn thing. Mm-hmm. All you do is put it on other people. Pretend like you know, like you already know the answer, and set everyone else up to fail because you ask weird questions that there's really no concrete answer to, and then you just rip into them. It's a very, very easy formula. It is a good formula. Mm-hmm. Lars Larson's been doing it for years. Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And he's a he's a billionaire. Yeah. Is he a billionaire? Um, oh, I don't think he's a billionaire. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, I'm always excited to uh, to talk to people who have their own shows, mm-hmm. and he has his own podcast as well, which is always kind of fun, you know. Because sometimes we'll you know we'll have people in who aren't necessarily like used to speaking mm-hmm. a lot, but like when you have someone in who's you know used to talking on a daily basis, I mean, he talks to himself. He has his own show, so yeah. So he he knows what he's doing. So I'm, I'm pretty stoked to talk yeah. to him. Yeah, I'm excited too. So he'll be mm-hmm. joining us here in just a little bit. I'm noticing in the live chat, people are commenting on the. Blazer game yesterday. Oh, boy. Uh, as uh, many of you know, Sarah and I work for the Portland Trailblazers as well, where we broadcast Sportlandia every weekday morning on trailblazers.com. And we went to the game last night, and, uh, yeah, it's it, 
it, it sucked. Mm-hmm. It was awful. <laughs> Blazers lost badly. It was it was a it was a bad Brooklyn beating. Nets. And you know what? If you know me at all, if you know me and my thing that I used to have for Gerald Wallace, uh, let me say, used to be, I do not I do not have feelings for him anymore. Gerald Wallace is out of your Gerald life. Gerald Wallace is nope. I I do not care for him anymore. And if you uh, Sportlandia is available on demand right now. SportlandiaTV.com takes you to the NBA's page, and uh, you can watch Sarah gives a proclamation directly to the camera to Gerald Wallace. I do. It's in true. The show, so you can yeah. you can go and, and watch then that like a game like days like this where there aren't games are kind of fun. So like on days like today, we talk more about like pop culture, yeah. and a bunch of stuff. So I mean, it's it's you know it's family friendly. It's not. I mean, we're yeah, not, it's sports light. I it's, mean, we're not goo goo gaga, but I mean like we're not swearing or anything. Yeah, like no, that. it's PG. Yeah, yeah. yeah. PG thirteen maybe sometimes. PG thir- maybe PG thirteen sometimes. Sometimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's uh, yeah, but if uh, you go there, you can watch that anytime mm-hmm. you want. And so the thing was though, the game was bad enough last night. But I got stuck. Well, let's just say this. So Greg and I never, ever get to sit together at games. Yeah. We never do because, like, we, we apply for tickets and we usually get seated in different sections. Mm-hmm. And this time, however, we um, all – uh, it was Greg and I and then Scott and my friend Heather. And so we all got to sit together in a row. And Greg, I think, got the losingest seat of the I drew thing. the unlucky card. And the thing is I'm not as, so much mad at the little girl as I am at her parents. Yeah. So I got – we we were sitting in the and this is just to explain if you don't know basketball games we were sitting in the uh, on the ends but behind one of the baskets and as is tradition in pretty much every NBA arena you get those inflatable clackers the clackers that make a whole bunch of noise you can distract the opposing clackers. person when they're shooting their free throws well I sat in front of a little girl who was probably I would guess ten ten I don't maybe know maybe nine ten something like that maybe twelve I I don't know I don't know. hard to say yeah who her parents bought her, you know, all the stuff you get for going to a game. She had the big giant foam finger, and she had her kicking legs, and she had the clackers. Didn't understand the rules of the clackers, of when you're supposed to use them. They're used only when the other team is shooting free throws, generally. And this, uh, I, I sat down, and instantly, I would say not instantly, but within the first five minutes, I start getting the kicking in the back of the seat. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, the back of my head's being poked with this something and so I turn around like what the hell and then it's just this little girl with a foam finger and she's like sorry I'm like okay yeah thanks <laughs> uh, I mean you were kind of hitting me in the back of the head but alright whatever she's having fun you know I don't want to ruin her good time she made a mistake whatever she, you know her parents will say don't hit the, the man in front of you with mm-hmm. your foam finger but no they did not they did not say anything so she proceeded to bang these clackers right right above my head for I would say the majority of the game, regardless, pretty much the entire game, I'd say. And she was hitting them spot on. Like there are different ways you can hit the clackers. Like some of them are just like little like hits, and there's this one that just goes bong bong bong, and they're like the loudest noise, like this loud slamming vibration. Mm-hmm. And she found that head. she found that tone right away, and yep. just uh, kept on keeping on. It was vibrating my brain at a rate I thought maybe I was going to have an aneurysm <laughs> at that point because it was so loud in my ears, and I would. At one point, you know, I turned around and kind of gave her a look, and then she'd stop and just stare at me. And then as soon as I turned back around, bang, 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 bang. <laughs> it was pretty funny. I mean, I felt it's it's the first time ever I felt sympathy for you because you t- told this story a long time ago when you were at the uh, pool. Oh, on a pop the kids beach ball. Yeah, because yeah. the kid had the beach ball that he kept throwing near you. I told him. So no, I know this sounds mean, but if you haven't heard me talk about this, it was this kid at the pool. And he had this beach ball, and his mom was there, mm-hmm. and he kept throwing, like, my friends and I were standing at the end of the pool, and he kept coming up and throwing the beach ball at me, throwing it at my head. And he would throw it at me, and after, like, three or four times, I'm like, stop throwing that beach ball at me, or I'm going to pop your beach ball. I'm like, stop it. And he did not listen to me and threw it again, so I fucking popped it. <laughs> I popped it right in front of him, and his mom, you know, and then, like, I did it without thinking at first, but I'd been saying it loudly, like, stop throwing that at my head. Yeah. I'm going to pop that if that hits me again. Yeah. And, I, and he, was, he totally called my bluff, so he threw it at my head, so I, I popped that sucker. And then his mom was sitting right there, and she's just like, and he just looks at her, he's like, Mom! And she's like, she told you to stop throwing it at her head. <laughs> so she didn't. It's yeah. true. Yeah, she's like, I heard her. She yeah. told you to stop, and she she was not mad at all. Yeah, she's like, don't th- don't throw the ball. Like she was telling him too. She's like, don't throw the ball at the lady's head. Don't throw the ball at the lady's head. Well, good. So see, so now you know my bit. Like I really wanted to turn around and grab those and pop them. <laughs> I mean, I'm an employee and I have my badge on, so I wasn't gonna do anything. But I mean, come on! It was just driving me insane. Greg was also he was almost trying to think of secret ways that he could get away with popping it without her knowing. 
It's like, well, do I have a I pin or something? Could I? Is there any way I could, could casually try and like? Sneak I pop wanted it? to. I wasn't going to do it, <laughs> but I really wanted to because she just wouldn't. Stop. No, and I understand child and like childish enthusiasm. Sure, and that's why. I, but like, she I don't was want to ruin anybody's good time. But she was fucking with. That's you. the thing. She knew what she was doing, and she was just kind of like there. Were, I don't know. We were in front of a bunch of little girls. Like yeah, a ton I, of little girls. I don't know what, what I was don't know going on. I don't know if it's a family or something like that. Yeah, and she was like, everyone else, honestly, all the rest of them were pretty well behaved. Like, they had signs. and like, were. The camera was up. They would all be holding up their signs and cheering, and then they, they'd, like, sit down and watch the game. Like, this girl was kind of... Oh, no, she was just the bad apple in the group. She was. Like, she yeah. didn't really look like she like she was fitting in so much with the other girls, and so she was just sitting there being... Like, I think she was she was annoying the girls she was with, too, because she was just pounding those things away, you yeah. know, and everybody's trying to yeah. kind of watch the game. Well, I didn't do it, but I really wanted... I really I know you did. But anyway, so that's, uh, that, was, that was quite the we'll, we'll just leave it at that. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah, I, uh, I gave my clackers away to a cute little boy. Did you? Yeah. I'm like, I don't, there's, I don't not need my clackers. I am okay with this. Um, oh, it looks like our guest is here. All right. Um, well, I hate taking a break this early. I don't know if he, uh, oh, there. All right. Well, here, do you want me to tell uh, Kenny just bring him into the green room? Yes, absolutely. Okay. That'd be perfect. That'd be perfect. Go ahead and uh, bring them. Hey, on up. All right, just come up into the green room. We'll we need to get uh, somebody suggested actually that we get another phone that just has the uh, the flashing light on it, which is a, probably a good idea. Although then again, I don't mind the ring every now and then. It makes it. Uh, well, Kenny's basically the only one that uses this one. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Most people use the other one in the other room. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, Mike Schmidt joining us here in just a little bit. Yeah, but I mean, other than I mean, other than the way that the game went, it was. A lot of fun. Oh, yeah. No, it always is. <laughs> yeah. No, it really was. Yeah. yeah. It was cool. It's always an experience. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Ab. So fucking lutely. All right. Um, well, do we have, uh, do we want to do any of our segments now before we have Mike on, or should we go ahead and wait and get him in here? Yeah, and let's then, get him in uh, here. Okay. All and right. Do you want to, should we, should we take a quick break? Sure. I know this is uh, taking a break early into the show, but fear not. I've already been babbling for 20 minutes, though. I didn't even oh, realize have we? that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I tend to babble. You are a babbler. Um, uh, so, yeah, let's go ahead and take a break, and then we'll be back here in just a minute with more Fun Employment Radio. Dot com. You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network. Hi, this is Greg. <laughs> Hi, this is Hi, this is Greg Proops, the specky one from Whose Line Is It Anyway? Not the tall guy, the fat guy, or the black guy. And you're listening to Fun Employment Radio with Greg and Sarah. Hello, everyone. I feel weird. My headphone thing fell off and I can't find it. Oh, yeah, so you're a little wonky. I know, I'm a little wonky. I feel like my head's kind of going to the left right it's now. It's full of water or something. <laughs> it does feel like that. Yeah. Uh, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Fun Employment Radio, of course, the show where we discuss all of the hot topic economic issues and unemployment in the nation. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is a joke. <laughs> <laughs> no. Sorry, we listened. Uh, joining us now, Mike Schmidt. And, uh, Mike, we listened to part of your podcast where you were uh, pontificating about what Fun Employment Radio Well, because I didn't know. I had no clue. <laughs> and I, again, I can talk unemployment all fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> Well versed in the topic, <laughs> we are not. Yes, no. Lucky you. I'm like I could talk to you about the the flavored water flavors that we like, like we have been. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah. Why not? I'm I'm a propel guy, <laughs> and uh, you guys had a six pack of it handy for me. Our, our friend Kenny did at least in the car. A six pack, Kenny. Prepared. I got. I didn't know what. I didn't know which flavor he would enjoy, so oh. I just got, so he got all, all the, very, the flavors. All the flavors. Kenny, you are such an overachiever. He's above and beyond. When we now before we else. before we kiss Kenny's ass, let's, <laughs> sure, let's sure. talk about this for a second. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny picks me up at the hotel, and uh, and all he did, and this is, I, I'm not even kidding, was bitch about this show. They don't give me a parking pass. They don't give me a key. They don't give me this. And, and then we pull up out front. He goes, this is the building, but parking's a challenge. He drives nine blocks away, and I said, hey, maybe you drop the talent at the front door, Kenny? And he goes, ha, 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 yeah. And then he parks. Like, no, fuck you. You're walking with me. Dude, he hates this. I'm not even joking. Oh, man. <laughs> wow, we're getting the inside story here. Thank you. I don't know, because he's so nice to us. I'm like, yeah. you do yeah. a lot for us, and we can't. He hides it. He yeah. masks it. I'm two-faced. Wow. Big time. Okay, did apparently. you really make him walk, Kenny? I did. I did. I, but what made me laugh was just the bitching. They don't give me a key. Of course they don't give me a parking pass. And like that, <laughs> it wasn't like, yeah, you know, I wish they could give me a parking pass. It was, of course they don't give me a parking pass. Why would they do that? And I don't have a key for the building because who the fuck am I? Just Kenny? Six propel Kenny? What the fuck? Dude. 
Wow. That's a lot of hostility. It was brutal. Man. I wonder what else you said to people. I don't want to know. I I said it politely and passive aggressively, so it was okay. I mean, I wasn't like screaming. All right, so that's just it. So you come on our show and you bitch about your girlfriend, then you go home and you bitched about us to your girlfriend. That's that's how it works. That's That's how it works. That's the system. I am understanding this now. What flavored water are you bringing your girlfriend to cheer up? (laughs) Yeah, which one of the five are you going to give her out? Whatever flavor she wants. Oh, Oh, wow. Don't even. Yeah, you don't even want to go down the slippery slope that is his really? <laughs> relationship. Yeah, it's pretty it's amazing. Uh, if she, let's just say if his girlfriend ever listened to the show, well, she already hates me. What? Yeah. Yeah. I used to have a, make a bit where I would read her Facebook status updates to music. <laughs> well, <laughs> all right. Now, let's see. Maybe she has good reason to hate she you. She totally had point. a reason to. She totally did. <laughs> but they were hilarious. They were all about how what a like an amazing lover man Kenny was yeah. and stuff. Oh, yeah. it was just, they were pretty descriptive. They were. She was, uh, she was, uh, had no... Uh, you know, Filter. bounds. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Put it all online. Tomorrow it's going to mm-hmm. say, "I can't believe they won't give Kenny a key to the studio. I can't believe <laughs> he doesn't get a parking pass." <laughs> no that wonder Sarah's she an hates idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! Wow. Greg's okay. She just hates me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, see, good then. I don't care. There yeah, you at go. this point, it doesn't matter to me. <laughs> um, all right. So, Mike, your show. The forty-year-old boy, yes, sir, is a podcast. Mike is a fellow podcaster. A fellow podcaster, welcome. For, uh, Thank you. Which, by all means, everyone tune in. And we have actually, um, we heard from one of our listeners who is a super fan of yours. Really? Yes. And uh, Adrian, she actually bought two tickets two. to your show tomorrow night, which is going to be at the Headwaters Theater at fifty fifty-five Northeast Farragut Suite Number Nine in Portland. And uh, she bought two tickets for us to give away. That's your amazing. Show. That's yeah. so that is, great. Because she's not here, right? No, I think she's back northeast somewhere yeah, yeah. in Massachusetts, maybe. So your fan in Boston bought tickets for the show in Portland. It is clearly my fan in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> I've been there. There's one. <laughs> That's her. That's her. She's there. <laughs> Good for her. Well, hold down the fort, Adrian. I appreciate yeah. it. And, uh, and conversely, when I go to Boston later this year, Adrian, uh, you and a guest on me. So there you we know. go. That's oh, awesome. so cool. Tickets. Mm. Very well, cool. Is this the first time you've ever been to Portland? No, I've, I've been. I actually did a show here. Uh, I've been doing this one-man thing for since two. 2010, and this was actually like my third stop. Mm-hmm. I came up here because I have, uh, you know, for the podcast, you, you find out where your listeners are, and yeah. it's kind of I've targeted cities where people uh, listen and enjoy what I do. So uh, I came up here and I worked at a place called the Hipbone Studio, which is what I'm doing is I'm renting places, spaces, theaters that you know are they're not stand up places. Mm-hmm. So Hipbone was the, like during the day they t- they taught art classes. Mm-hmm. And it was just a, it was just a space, and I asked the guy. He said he had chairs, and and he was willing to give me a price, and so I did it. And then I came up and did the show here. Then and uh, I was also here last year, and I did a thing called the Warrior Dash. The, uh, oh yeah, I have always wanted to do that. Me too. Yeah. How was it? Uh, it was fucking horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna bore you. With, I bored Kenny with it in the car. No, I, no, no. Was, no we just seriously, ran, I've been wanting to do that. Yeah, so we just I would did like the shamrock. Run on, on well, St. Patrick's you guys Day. would do it properly. Yeah. You yeah. probably you're in good shape. Uh, I, I when I do the show every year, the first show of the year, we have a goal for what the end of the year is going to be. Like I wanted to put together the one man. I wanted to do certain things. Mm-hmm. And then this year, year five, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm finally getting. I'm getting back into shape and doing that because I used to be crazy fat. I used to weigh like 500 pounds, and oh, then wow. I had gastric bypass surgery. Got down to about 265, and I put about 100 of those back on. <laughs> so uh, I'm like, fuck it. We got to get in shape. So uh, a listener out mm-hmm. here, KC, she challenged me. She's like, she's because she's a tough mutter and does all those crazy oh, runs. Yeah. And <gasps> oh, psychopath. The tough Mutter one? Oh, yeah. that's when that the electric, like, like, yeah, like dangling electricity. The, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, dude. yeah. Some yeah, fucked up ridiculous. shit. And like you're swimming through like ice baths and yes. going through like obstacle courses. Oh, no, no, no. So she and her husband, Luis, were like, hey, uh, why don't you come up here and do the, the warrior dash? We challenge you. We'll run it with you. It'll be fine. Uh, and I said, you know what? Damn it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And that was I. So I read all the obstacles on the air on the show and I was ready for it. And it was four months away. Mm-hmm. So I had all that time to train and get into shape. And uh, after four months, I hadn't done a fucking thing. I hadn't, I had walked a, a, a foot in anger. I mean, literally, <laughs> I haven't run since 2011, probably. So, I uh, the the week before the show, I did a, my an episode, or the, before the the run, I did an episode. I said, "Look, I haven't worked out at all. I mean, at all." <laughs> and uh, but I still came up, and I still went to do it. And a listener to my show, Rich, uh, came out to do it with me, and also KC and her husband. And uh, Rich stayed with me the whole way. But it took me, I think it took me almost four hours to finish it. Wow. There's a, and there's only three miles, all right? And like I was telling Kenny in the car, if, if it's three miles straight, I can mm-hmm. do that. I mean, I, you know, I do two miles on the treadmill and you're fine. But it's, it was downhill and uphill. It was cross country. It was terrain and oh. obstacles. You dive in water. Dude, I got in this fucking water and there's, there's a mud bottom of a lake. <laughs> so you're walking and then you step and then you're underwater because oh, it's God. all, it's not oh, solid. Geez. And you got to bob and climb over fucking pontoons and there's dudes and there's monsters <laughs> and it's just ridiculous. <laughs> it was so bad. The fucking race. 
I'm, I'm the last guy, right? They're cleaning up the course <laughs> behind me. As I'm doing the race, there's a guy in a truck following me, oh picking God. up like cones and obstacles and flags. Like, yeah, we got to clean this shit up, but we got to wait for this fat guy to die first. <laughs> Fucking brutal. And my buddy Rich, this guy Rich Listener, he stayed with me the whole time, thank God. Because I, uh, my legs seized up on me like halfway through. And uh, my calves were vibrating. You could see them. Like, the, oh. you know, and it was, I, I couldn't walk, like, push off with my, uh, my feet. I had to kind of, like, Frankenstein hip walk it. <laughs> And I did it. I, I finished it. It took almost four hours. That is and amazing. Dude, you finished. Yeah, I, I get blue, dude. I have the metal on my fucking corkboard. I'm like excited about it, but I and but it's embarrassing as fuck. You know, there's a clip of it like on YouTube of me coming to a fire. I told Kenny there's a fire that normally you would just fucking plie over like mm-hmm. Martha Graham style, but I got to the lip of it. And I'm staring into its void, and I had to fucking broad jump it like a child, and hopefully not land in the flames. And at that point, I wouldn't have cared. I would have just taken a nap in the and I died. I wouldn't care. (laughs) Roast me, motherfucker. I'm finished. But I made it. I fucking made it. So did you wear one of the hats uh, with the horns? Yeah, I had a Viking hat. I took a picture, put it on Facebook, like mud all over my face, and everybody's just like, "Oh my god, he's not dead." (laughs) It wasn't even like joy. It was just like, "There's a show next week." So was it totally worth it? Would you do? again uh, 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 I guess those are two separate questions well my buddies like Pardo yeah. uh, Jimmy Pardo's a comic my, and Pat Francis oh, yeah. and Mike Siegel these are all mm-hmm. funny comedians they're doing it in Los Angeles in, okay. uh, in, mm-hmm. and next week mm-hmm. and they asked me if I wanted to do it but I'm in San Francisco next week recording my CD so I couldn't do it but uh, but I would if, if I but I would have to do it properly I mean right. I wouldn't do it again mm-hmm. just fucking you know cold because I, I'm telling you it was it was grim. I mean, I, I yeah. you know, I'd get in the shower and you, that thing where you couldn't move, and oh, yeah. for, for weeks after, I my legs would seize up still, you know. And uh, but I, I would do it again if, once I got in a proper fucking shape. Mm. Yeah. You know, yeah, but yeah. will that ever happen? Who knows? Yeah, we did this yeah. crazy relay because we work for the uh, Portland Trailblazers. Oh, uh, cool. Also, we do a, an online television show for them. We did this thing called Hood to Coast a couple mm-hmm. years ago, where we run you run from the top of Mount Hood all the way to the Oregon coast. It's a relay, though. which is wow. a relay. So it's twelve people on your team, so you run on average about six miles a leg, and you everyone has three legs. Jesus. So we actually did that Greg had like a 10 mile one yeah the last one I ran you know it was like 36 hours after we had started and so I hadn't slept really and it was you like, don't sleep it was literally I mean it sounds like I'm making it up but it was like nine and a half miles in 90 degree weather on the coast up and down these hills on yeah pavement. I was just gonna say is it terrain I mean that, yeah. that, that's yeah death. yeah that was the hardest part was the hills and then just the sun because there was no shade and I seriously had some form of heat stroke or something oh yeah like, when he got to like the I was finish line he didn't even know who I was I was like Greg yeah. Greg, and he just walked right by me. I'm like, I'm yeah. right here. Yeah, I have but, a friend. Yeah. Uh, I have a friend in town, uh, Russ McGarry. He hosts the Here Now podcast, and a very funny guy. And he's a distance runner, uh, long, like 24 miles, or you know, or 50 mile runs. Yeah. He does that stuff Dang. At, where he'll run 50. Not uh, what's a marathon? Uh, 26. All right, he runs 100 yeah. miles. He runs uh, like three marathons wow. at once, like uh. that kind of thing through the desert. Those, you know, those. He, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and he, that's his deal. Like he he runs those, and I'm like, uh, he told me about it. I went, man, I don't even know you anymore. He used I to be a comic. We would be we would be up all night in you know in dark clubs, breathing in people's secondhand smoke. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, really? You do that? It's crazy. <laughs> right. he's, you know, he's whip thin. It's amazing. That can't be healthy. That long of a distance. That doesn't seem I, like it's it would just, be good for no. you at some point. Well, people like yeah. shit their pants at the end of those things. I think I think it's one yeah. of those deals. Yeah, yeah. you you do that. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't even think the human body's designed to do something no. like that. Well, he's he's redesigned That's, it because he's wow. doing it all the fucking <laughs> because time. He's doing That's it. insane. Yeah, That's but after insane. we finished that, same thing with you. Like I couldn't I couldn't move for like, long, three days. How long was your leg? He did my first one. Nine? So yeah, so he did his middle one was nine. So I did I did five miles, seven miles, five miles. Jesus, and you do and you get no sleep. So basically, then you get in the van with a bunch of stinky people who are tired because basically you pass it off. So you run every eleven people. Oof. It's like you pass it to the next person, then two through twelve go, and then if you're one, then you start again, like eight hours later. I don't know if I mentioned this. I had to walk two blocks to the door. Penny <laughs> <laughs> uh, parked so far away, <laughs> and his car smelled like that van. <laughs> Kenny, did you clean it up for the talent? I've been sweating in it for, no. for weeks. No, I didn't. <laughs> clean it. I actually, I did clean it out. His I car was very it, nice, and, he, I, and I had it washed. Uh, yes. We walked yeah. outside. And That's said, why you were determined to wash your car yesterday. Yes. Oh my gosh, he yeah, washed yeah. his car for you. It, nice. I didn't want it to be. It, it was covered in filth. I mean, it looked like it, it shouldn't have people inside of it. Yeah. So I had to wash it. Oh, because he was going to come to the Blazer game with us, which you're very glad that you should be very happy you didn't. Yeah. But uh, but he had to stay home to wash his car. Now I know why. That's right. No That's wonder right. he's complaining about us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense he's now. Fucking <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> they no, they got blown out last night. You're lucky you didn't go. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. It wasn't a. It wasn't a fun game. You guys had fun, huh? Yeah. Shut your whore mouth. Yes. No. That. So, Mike, for for anybody who doesn't know your story how did you get started in stand-up 
Um, or would you even call it stand-up because storytelling or what would you classify? Well, things change. You know, you I've do. been doing stand-up for, for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. You know, I started in 90, 1990 and I started in L.A. and then went back to Chicago and worked the road and then went back to L.A. And um, it's just it, it's just one of those things where I'm, I'm, it's what I can do and I'm good at it, but also I'm really lazy and there's I don't apply myself in any other way. So it's kind of the thing that I'm best at and I'm lucky mm-hmm. at, at that. But at the same time, I, I have no – and I'm finding out rapidly every day I have no other marketable skill. <laughs> um, I'm not joking about unemployment. I mean, I'm fucking clawing out of a pit right now. It's a long story. But, uh, you know, I, I'm, I started doing stand-up and then I worked the road and then I came to L.A. And I, I used to work just topical as a stand-up. I worked – you know, everything I wrote was topical. I worked it out of the news because I was like, nobody wants to fucking hear about me it seems ridiculous uh, and I wrote kind of I was prolific I would write a lot of stuff every single day out of the paper okay um, and then in uh, in 2006 Jimmy Pardo who's a friend of mine and I used to he used to take me out on the road I would middle for him on the road and we, we got along great and then he asked me to be part of uh, his podcast it was kind of a fluke. Uh, there was a show called Never Not Funny, which is mm-hmm. still right now one of the biggest podcasts. It's amazing. The yeah. best podcast out there, uh, along with Fun Employment Radio. Of course. <laughs> of course. Um, and he, uh, the first week, it was, it was going to be Jimmy Pardo and Matt Belknap, and they were going to have our friend Pat Francis sit in. And every week, it was going to be Jimmy and Matt and a new person. Okay. So the day before they were supposed to record, Pat got sick. And he couldn't do it. So Jimmy called me and says, hey, you want to sit in and do this thing? Because it, it originally started with a special thing radio, which Matt hosted and brought Jimmy on. And then they decided, well, hey, there's something here. Mm-hmm. Let's do a podcast. Uh, and in 2006, again, it was literally Gervais and Adam Curry and nobody else. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, And that's a lie because I always get the people who are fans of other shows like me go, I was around since 2000. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> 2000, shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. Crazy. So, uh, so they asked me to come in, and I sat in on the first episode, and it, it, it seemed to go well. And Jimmy even said, he was like, hey, that, that went good, right? And I was like, yeah. So then the next week, he goes, hey, you want to come back and do it? And I said, sure. And I did the second one. And then it became a thing where he, he just decided, you know what? This is it. This is mm-hmm. the, the show. And I did the first year with them. I did like 59 episodes with Jimmy and Matt. Nice. Uh, and then I was fired. And uh, <laughs> uh, long story. Um, is it okay now or is it still a little? We're friends. Good. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, we were not, we're not friends like we were back then. You know, that it was, you know, all the time on the phone every day and lunch and hanging out and going out and doing stuff. But Jimmy's still a really good friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, I, when I got fired by them, I, People wrote me and they're like, "You should start your own podcast. You need to do a podcast." And I went, "Really?" So I'm going to compete against the gold standard. It yeah. just it just seemed like yeah. such a weird fuck mm-hmm. you. Uh, I had just gotten fired by what I considered to be the best show going. Yeah. So to go ahead and and I also had no idea of what to do. What does it mean to go in and do a show solo? I've always been a guy who's settled. Mm-hmm. I was happy in the role of being the third banana guy and kind of the assassin who could just chime in with funny stuff. Mm-hmm. I've never carried a show, so I took a year. I didn't do anything for a year. And then another guy who was a fan of the show, a guy named Eric Butterfield, wrote me and he said, listen to me, I will do all of the work. I will come to you with recording equipment. I will take the show. I will edit it. I will upload it. I will do everything that needs to be done. All you need to do is talk. You have to do a show. And at that point, if you don't do it, you're a pussy. Yeah, there's like, no you know, excuse. Th- then you're just scared, you know? Yeah. So I said, all right, cool. Uh, <laughs> and I didn't know what I was going to do. And uh, also, there was a motivating factor. I'll tell this story now. I, uh, I had gone and uh, – all right, I had had lunch – at a restaurant, uh, at a there's a Luisa's Trattoria. I don't know if you have those up here. It's a, an Italian restaurant by mm. my house. I don't, it's a chain, I don't think so. Yeah. Chain joint. Yeah. Uh, so my wife and I were out to, d- to lunch, and Steve Perry of Journey came in. Oh god, with another guy. Wow. Now, you, you guys are probably 15 years younger than me. So I mean, I uh, for me, I'm 45. Journey, Steve Perry, wheelhouse. Dude, huge no, that, fan. That would be amazing. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Because like, I usually get those people to roll their eyes and like, whatever. I you yeah. know, did Slater Kenny show up? Shut the fuck up. So, Steve Perry, that'd be Steve Perry. Well, it's a big deal for me. Yeah. So he walked mm. in. So uh, uh, I called the waitress over and I said, "I am buying Steve Perry's lunch. Don't even give him a check." <laughs> and uh, and so she went seriously, and she wouldn't do it at first. Uh, and then eventually, finally, she came over and I paid the check. Mm-hmm. So she told she told them, and Steve Perry kind of waved, and then he got up to leave, and he came to us, oh, wow. and we talked to him for like twenty minutes. Wow. Oh my god! He was friendly awesome. to me and my wife. He was really cool. So that was a cool story. And then I told my buddy Pat about it. Uh, and I said, look, because Pat is an autograph guy. So okay. he wants to meet celebrities and they sign his albums. He's got framed albums from The Who, everybody. He's Pat met everybody. Francis, yeah. mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So I told Pat and I said, look, and they told me Steve Perry eats at this Louisa Trattoria at least once or twice a week. So he's camping out there. So he did. So he and he and fucking Pardo go and he calls me and he's like, you're not going to fucking believe who I met today. And I'm like, well, he's like, Steve Perry. We went, he was there, we got the autograph. It's fucking amazing. And in my head I went, that's great. 
oh no <laughs> <laughs> they're stealing my fucking story yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. Yeah. they're not really they just lived their life it yeah. just so happened that it worked out that way yeah. and, and I knew they were going to do Never Not Funny and he would tell the fucking story on there so oh. I'm like so it, it just turned out where Eric was like dude I'll do it I'll record everything and, I, and that happened and it was just this catalyst where I went I, I can't alright done because I have what at least have one episode mm-hmm. yeah so uh, he came to my place he drove from Riverside, which is fucking like 45 miles, and uh, he set up this big fucking, you know, crazy recording thing, mm-hmm. and he had a board, he <laughs> took it out of his car, and uh, the night before, I was so nervous, uh, I got up, and I actually spoke the show out, like off the top of my head, stream of consciousness, and typed it out at the same time, down to the, the every um, uh, every transition, wow. every, every, because I did not know what I would do, uh-huh. so I had like 30 pages of notes, Jeez. literally, almost, I, I verbatim wrote the story out, and then also would go on tangents in my head and I would start typing and I'd kind of breathe uh, and then he came the next day and I had the notes all assembled I freaked out and I just told the story and uh, the first show was probably it was, I think it was like 23 minutes and it was just the Steve Perry story and I put it out and luckily I had already had kind of a built in mailing list of people who were fans from Never Not Funny mm, that's so cool. I, I sent out an email blast and everybody's like oh my god mm-hmm. and, uh, and then iTunes was nice enough to feature it on, on the what's hot or what's new and, uh, and then it kind of gained momentum and Eric and I the first eight episodes, I would either go to his place in Riverside or he'd come to me, and I just gradually learned to talk by myself. And, mm-hmm. and because it was, again, there's, I, there were so many people who had so many partners, and I didn't even think of a partner. I just wanted to get it out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it turned out that I was kind of okay by myself. And uh, gradually the show got longer. It was like 24 minutes, and then I did a 45-minute one with, with Eric. Uh, and then Eric's wife decided she hated me and wanted him to be not involved with the show anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That she, sounds vaguely familiar, <laughs> Kenny. I can, I can relate. Yeah. She came home. We were recording in his house one time. He took her in the bedroom, and I just heard a lot of hush. And I was like, fuck. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You know what's going on there. She actually called me Eric's hobby. When is your hobby oh, leaving? Oh, wow. This is your, all sounding yeah. very wow. familiar. <laughs> <laughs> when is your hobby leaving? Oh, man. You're a thing. Yeah. You're a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and so, but, but I'll tell you what. It was a revelation because we had stopped down from the record, and they went and had their thing. And then he came back. He's like, yeah, we're going to. So the light came back on, and I talked about it. Uh, I wasn't going to let it pass. I wasn't going to go right back into a canned story. Yeah. yeah. I was like, you're not going to believe it just fucking happened. Wow. His wife came in <laughs> and fucking schooled me. Like, she just, she's sitting now silently in the other room. I, I'm sitting here trying to talk, and I know she's filming in the other room. And I told the story. Yeah. yeah. And it was, it was um, as much as Never Not Funny made it a revelation for me to talk about myself, uh-huh. that moment made it a revelation for me to be able to talk about anything at all right. that yeah. happened. And not worry about having a canned story and notes to be able to just fly with it and mm-hmm. live within a story. And so I told the story of what was happening in the moment and loved it. And then, uh, unfortunately, Eric and I parted ways. And then uh, I, I thought the show was over. And then I'm like, God, I'm talking a lot on your show. No, oh, dude. Wait, no, this we, is interesting. Just, we talk way too much. I love listening to <laughs> yeah, exactly. Please, please. Exactly. Um, so uh, I, I wound up, I had a friend named Lily Von Stupp. Who, uh, From Blazing Saddles. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I was like, I know that name. How do I know that? Okay. She is so tired. Uh, <laughs> so Lily's a friend, and she was, uh, at the time, she was dating a guy named David Lawrence, who was also a huge podcaster and was doing a lot of things for me, having me on his show. He was a friend, and, and uh, he still is. Uh, and I told Lily, I go, yeah, the show ended. And she's like, well, I'll, I'll produce the show. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I was kind of gun shy. I even said to her, I go, look, everybody I've worked with has decided they no longer want to work with me. <laughs> There's something and, wrong and with me. We're good friends. You know, she and David and I and my wife and I, we were going out you know, as couples to places, went to Vegas right. together. Uh-huh. And I said, I don't want to risk that. Don't want to ruin the friendship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, and, a, that's a fair point. Yeah. And, and just because I, I, I wanted to do one more show to say goodbye. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. tell people. Because I didn't. I, and the thing is, I should have just learned audacity. I should have learned shit. But, you know, <laughs> stupid me. I'm like, it's over. I'll never use the internet again. <laughs> what? Push buttons and do work fuck that <laughs> idiot so uh, so Lily said she'd produce it and I didn't want it to end and I figured I'd give it one more shot and she told me she goes if it if it's ever a problem I will tell you and we're done yeah and Lily is the kind of person who that is absolutely true mm-hmm. she would never suffer through anything because she thought that for the greater good it needed to be done in that way yeah. if it was harmful she would absolutely end it so I went and did the show with her and uh a, a third revelatory moment happened like the first episode with Lily went well but it wasn't what it is now the second episode with Lily she actually laughed hard at something I said mm-hmm. and it, it flipped a switch because 
as a stand-up, I was used to getting laughs in the moment. Mm-hmm. Well, sitting in a static room with one person Staring telling a story, yeah yeah, 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 Eric would laugh, but he would he would try desperately not to be heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He would yeah. like laugh into his sleeve or like hide his face. Well, Lily just let it go, and I would, and so now my main goal of the show then and now is to make Lily laugh yeah. because it's me and her. Mm-hmm. Everybody else listening is great, and I'm glad they're there. Right. But it is me trying to make that person laugh, <laughs> and and it became. It, it let me explore. It let me dig into stories. It let me live in moments and go into tangents to where a show that started at 24 minutes, the first episode, uh, I've done four-hour shows. Mm-hmm. I've done three, wow. you know, three-and-a-half-hour shows. And it, it, the standard now is around an hour and a half, two hours every week. And it's just because the more I – if I talk and she starts laughing, and you can – you know, it's the closest you're going to get to hear a, a stand-up creating material on the fly. Yeah, I was going to say you use it a lot to create – Essentially, yeah. It's sets. like it, – but mm-hmm. a stand-up sits there and writes. They think of a thing and they start to kind of go deeper into the topic. Mm-hmm. I'm just verbalizing it, and she's laughing and laughing, and so then I'm pinwheeling and I'm going here and there, and always coming back to the main story. And I've just kind of developed a style where it works that way. And and Lily is, I couldn't do the show without her. It's amazing. So mm-hmm. uh, and you know, people will say, "Well, does she really laugh at you? Does she really think she?" I'm lucky enough to where yes, she's she's probably an easy laugh. Yeah. yeah. But I don't give a fuck. Right. I'm the guy <laughs> in the room. Yeah. yeah. You know what You're I mean? getting the laugh. So uh, <laughs> I, all I care about is getting the laugh, and she's into it, and I'm into it, and uh, and she's been invaluable. She makes it uh, all work. So I, I'm indebted to her. But yeah, so now the show is me talking about my life and, and telling stories. Well, you know, and that takes uh, a real particular skill because, like you said, I mean, you were on a show with three other people, but then doing it yourself, it's just, it's so much different if you're the only person talking. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, Sarah and I, we bounce stuff off of each mm. other, you know, and it's, that's, a, that has to be a refined skill. Like, it, that had to take a lot of time to really get that down. Although, then again, you do stand-up, so... But I'm still doing it. I'm yeah. still learning. You yeah. know what I mean? Because I, I've done shows about... Uh, uh, and I talk about anything. You know, I'll talk mm-hmm. about any topic. And a couple of weeks ago, I had a, a rough show to do about some stuff that happened in my personal life. and uh, But I just do it. You know, I'm, I'm kind of unvarnished. And mm-hmm. yeah. it's it's good and it's bad, as you know, because it's good because you... you it helps your show and people maybe pay attention to it, but you also feel weird using those sorts of topics to get attention. Yeah, totally. And also, it's the internet, so you invite every asshole to write you and go, you're a dick, ha ha, you mm-hmm. suck. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Which is fine. But uh, but yeah, it's, thank you. It, 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 you know, you learn as you do mm-hmm. it. And as a stand-up, yeah. But still, you're, you're, it's incumbent upon you to get laughs. Yeah. Uh, it, that is the difference. And if I'm going to stand, because I, I do these live shows now, and, uh, you know, the live show is like three and a half hours long sometimes. Wow. You know, three hours long. It won't be this week because I'm trying to hone it down for CD recording mm-hmm. next week. So it should be around 75 minutes. That's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> no, it won't. Uh, I want it to be, but it, uh, I have to make it that. But uh, but you're still trying to make live a live group of people laugh. In the, in the mm-hmm. podcast, if, even if Lily doesn't laugh, I can just keep talking and yeah. I can right. just tell a story. Yeah. And, I, and, you know, that's the difference is I have to get reactions in a live room. I don't have to in the podcast. So it yeah. is. It is a little different. So judging from the, you know, when you first started, you had the 30 pages of notes as, as to what you were going to do. Yeah. What do you start out with now when you're starting your podcast for the week? Nothing. Nothing? Just um, your head? Yeah. Sometimes I will I will have a beat sheet and I'll just write down a phrase. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like like a stand-up thing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes when you see a guy, we have a list of things that he's going to bring mm-hmm. on stage. Um You know, a couple of weeks ago, like I said, I did I did a show. Uh, I, I My wife left. Uh, after 20 years and so I had to do a show it's, a, it's called Almost and so I kind of had a beat sheet of, of our relationship over 20 years to go in order um, and I spoke extemporaneously about it but uh, and then the last half hour of the show was just not scripted it's just from the heart but uh, but you just you know you, you try to keep yourself on track and I'm like I this week I, I wound up arriving late so I couldn't I was going to try to create a show and then I couldn't because of Lily and so we just put up a there's a, 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 an older show up mm-hmm. you know a, a rerun mm-hmm. type of thing um, so I, I generally I'll have sometimes a beat sheet but if something happens like I sometimes something will happen right when I show up at Lily's and yeah. I talk about that for 35 minutes right. yeah. and then I'm like well awesome All right, let's, well then we can do the show now you know what I mean yeah. that kind of thing so yeah. it's fun I, I, I just it's super indulgent and I'm, I'm grateful for the people who listen and allow me to be so totally so. yeah I, I completely understand because we feel the same way too about, about our listeners with that I mean it and well, it's know. the same thing too. Like, we'll try to plan out something we're going to talk about. We'll go, okay, we'll talk about that, and then we look outside, and there um, bums having sex next to the dumpster, and we're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, okay, Which no, we'll, last we're, week, we're going right. to be talking <laughs> about that. <Nice. laughs> Never mind. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, full. Yeah, it was it was pretty amazing. It was kind we, of the most amazing thing we've that. ever seen. Yeah, you had to go with that. Yeah. Um, how <laughs> how have you seen uh, your audience change since since you started doing your show by yourself? Um, you know, I you people are intense. 
Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, as podcasters, this is really intimate. Yes. So you're in, you're right inside someone's head. You know, on the radio, they can hear you and they can push a button and you're gone. Exactly. Yeah. But they've chosen specifically to download your show and get it, and specifically to put you in as close as they possibly can with earbuds into their head. And you are. I always make a joke that everybody's my internet chum. Hey, it's your internet chum, Mike, because they they know me from that. And then when I'll go do live shows, I'll meet people who I've corresponded with on Twitter or on Facebook or on email, and you know, it's. It's fantastic, and I love meeting people, but it's always one-sided because they really know me, mm-hmm. and I don't especially know them. So when we'll go out to talk, I'll wind up saying, oh, man, one time I did that, and I start talking, and then they just look at me like, we know. Mm-hmm. You, you, uh, <laughs> and that is odd when you say something, and you're like, oh, wait, no, you already know that. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. weird. Some people yeah. will go, yeah, year three, episode 38. Oh, I remember wow. that. Like, there are people who actually know the show, like kind of encyclopedic, and then, which is great, uh, but also at the same time, I feel like a dumbass because then I start telling an anecdote, and they go, yeah, you uh, you told us that. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Good story, you told Dad. it better on your show. Yeah. Uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> that was funny the first time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, so I do not live the unexamined life. I mean, it's uh, it, the, the I, I don't think the audience has changed so much as I've I've found people who who really like what I do and and are invested. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I there are and there are other people who listen to the show and they listen because they hate it and you know mm-hmm. they and they're not sol- silent about it. They'll tell me and, right. Uh, oh, you made these mistakes or you do this, or you keep fucking up, and I'm just like, mm-hmm. yeah. you you do know you hear what I tell you, right? You are aware of that, and so it's it's a, a, a tightrope. Oh. Oh, so yeah. if you're going to do a show on the internet, you, you need to just realize, well, you know what? People are going to love me or people are going to hate it, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, that's know? kind so. of the hardest thing in one of these industries is like growing a backbone a little bit and not a, getting offended by shit. Because I have a hard time with that sometimes. I'm, it bothers me. It doesn't bother – it doesn't ever bother Greg. Yeah, yeah it's – I mean – rarely – every now and then somebody, if they'll, they'll send something that, that may get a little under my skin, but – it's pretty rare. I mean, mm. it's just like, okay, well, whatever. You still listen to me. So, yeah. yeah. You know, you're I, still I've, downloading it. I found a balance with it. But although it's one of the th- reasons why I don't do as much stand-up because I, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a fucking idiot. So it's like, I'll do stand-up <laughs> and I take it personally if I'm not, if it's not going well. I mean, I, the last actual road gig stand-up that I did in a club, I, uh, <laughs> I, I bombed miserably and I was getting, there were the guys in the back of the room who wouldn't shut the fuck up, they wouldn't stop talking to them. so I was on a stage that was above the tables kind of, it was like this tall, and I actually walked out physically on the tables to the back of the yes. room and, and, and to call them out on it, like to fight and uh, and then I went back to the stage and I'm like, and you can't go back and <laughs> yeah, 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 no. recover from that <laughs> it was fucking yeah. horrible, so it was like I, and it's, and it's, but it's to my detriment because I I, I the, I'm, used to be good at stand up, yeah. uh, now I'm, I do my one man and it's not really stand up I mean it's me mm. talking and telling stories and it's kind of preaching to the choir because the people have all paid to come s- to see me, which is fantastic. Yeah. Um, my next goal is to now take what I do and bring it to an audience who doesn't know what I do and get them to enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, and that's the hard part. That's that's where because you know you can be a niche guy and that's fine. And I love all the people who love me, but at the same time, you need to expose yourself to a larger audience if you're going to really grow it or make any money or do anything like that. Which is what I want to do, um, but <laughs> I just kind of <laughs> fucking yeah. make that decision. So, <laughs> wow. Well, I wanted to ask about uh, when you used to work at the adult bookstore. An adult bookstore, you say? That subject oh, go back okay. To that. Yeah, yeah. I've, we have um, a friend of the show, a couple of friends who work in porn stores, and okay. they've told us some interesting stories. So I just thought, okay, it's a good subject. Yeah. No, I um, <laughs> tell me about the porn. Well, yeah, I know. You see, you're kind of breathing heavy, Kenny. Breath. They give you a porn card access. A porn card. Yeah, what? Yeah. How do you think porn works? Access to the booth, so you could get free. You know, free. Oh, I worked old school. I worked when it was all. It worked on quarters. There, yeah. were no, there was no electronic. There was no bullshit. It was like literally guys would come to the desk, and I stole money from them all the time because I hated <laughs> being there. Uh, I worked in a por- an adult bookstore in uh, in uh, was it Garden Grove. I don't even remember where the fuck it was in uh, in California. Everything had gone to shit. I was sleeping on a buddy's floor, and I, you know, I just quit a Seven Eleven, and I'm like, well, I couldn't get much worse. Guess what? <laughs> uh, so I got a job at a fucking adult bookstore, and and I'm I'm no stranger to that, and I don't mind. And I mean, I'm I'm kind of a Vice fan, you know. I'll, I'll yeah. you know, there's stories where I'll go to strip clubs, or I'll I'll wind up in. Uh, adult bookstores for no reason and you're just like why are you here I don't know just because I don't want to be in my hotel room you <laughs> yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Um, and you'd think the internet would cure that I could just sit and watch a, right. you know fucking all the porn I wanted but no I, I, I need to be in the shit man I need to go there's <laughs> the a difference between shit. watching Vietnam on PBS and fucking crawling through the weeds <laughs> <laughs> so so I worked at this uh, adult bookstore it was a job I took and I, I hated every you know I, I, I mean I didn't mind it but it was just this yeah. thing where it's just so many lost souls are there I mean mm-hmm. there was 
was a guy. We used to have a guy who would sit outside, and he was horrible looking. He was like, he looked. This is not a joke. He looked like Jerry Garcia. He mm. was, a, but but fatter. Like he was a big, heavy, like kind of a Latino guy. Looked like Jerry Garcia, and he would sit out front. And anybody who would show up, he would offer them twenty bucks to suck their cock. Wow. And so we would we would go, dude. You can't you can't do that. You can't hang out out front. I mean, if you want to go in the back parking lot, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Because then I don't have to see you, and I don't have to deal with you. Go do that. But he was literally just offering. 20 bucks to every guy who would walk in to suck their dick. Wow. Um, there was a whiteboard in the bathroom where people would write to hook up. And uh, they would say, you know, like, meet me. I'm in a Caprice. And there were hotels up and down this shitty block. It was a, it was a fucking complete red light district. Yeah. So there was four adult bookstores within a, a two-block radius and four motels. Oh, wow. So guys would get a room in the motel and then write their address and the room number on the whiteboards of all the porn stores oh, wow. and go, come visit me in the middle of the night. I'm here all night. I'm sucking cock all night at this address. Wow. wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Fuck. It's a lonely existence. Yeah. <laughs> How long did you stay there for? Uh, until I, I saved up enough cash to go back to Chicago. Yeah. And then I went back. Because it was funny. It was one of those that was one of those things that made me kind of realize because it was in 93 92 mm. I think 94 I don't know I, I it was when I had left my wife my, my then girlfriend in Chicago and I said I, I'm going back to make it again in comedy mm-hmm. uh, and so I came back and everything went to shit and I realized how much I missed her and I said I can make a living doing comedy in Chicago right can't mm-hmm. I do that and so I moved back after uh, but I, I put in my time there and that, dude if you're ever in a job where part of your duties are to tell people they can't masturbate on, on <laughs> <laughs> on premises <laughs> you really need to rethink where you've, you've landed I mean it's just because that was the thing is there was like yeah. a, a complex mirror system I had to go one time you would just go hey don't you know literally you're telling guys don't yeah. jerk off don't not stop oh my like god you have to get a hose out or something like. there was a guy jerking off I saw it and I'm like dude dude I had to come so I had to come down I didn't want to ever go into that room yeah. alright so then I walked out I had to go into the room and there's a bunch of dudes and then there's dudes looking at him that's the whole thing is they're all getting off on it so this dude's fucking jerking it and I walk around and I, and I go stop you need to stop or get the, and he turned around he's like what he pretended he couldn't hear me but he kept jerking oh, off because he was into, oh the, into the whole like fucking doing being yelled at, at you, thing like yeah yeah doing essentially you, yeah. And, and I said to him I go, I go if anything comes out of you I, I will fucking murder you I'm not even kidding get the fuck out of here <laughs> if anything comes out and, uh, of you and then he, fu- he just fucking like he finally like you know, scurried he off came into the out night of yeah yeah, yeah. I, it just like I, it's terrible it's a terrible thing man wow there was a dude who came up with a, t- a stack of bear magazines like you know oh, you know, oh yeah magazines. I know exactly not yeah. rawr, but no no <laughs> exactly yeah. uh, and he and he put them on there and the whole time I'm, I'm looking at the ring him up and he's he's staring at me <gasps> does he think you're a bear well he wants me to be yeah, and he does. He's giving me the eyebrows and, and literally like the, the fucking <laughs> weird science eyebrows like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like fucking Anthony Michael Hall and 16 Candles I'm just like I dude I can't and I'm, so I'm just ringing it up I'm like oh fuck oh, uh, and then that thing went and there, all that, and people. I, I got phone numbers slipped to me, and all sorts of <laughs> bullshit. And you're just like, God, I, I got to get through this and get the fuck out of yeah. here. I yeah. have to. Uh, and then there would be the religious people who would come by and, and walk through and scream at all of us and right. uh, throw potatoes at the fucking sign to try to break it and smash oh, it. So geez. it was, wasn't. Yeah, it was just God a, loves everybody. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> well, you mentioned the whiteboard. You got a special message on the whiteboard one time. I did. Yeah. Uh, I showed up for work one day, and you know, people would put stuff on the whiteboard. Were you there, Kenny? I walked in, and uh, you know. I, I was just getting ready for my shift, and there was a, uh, a thing on the whiteboard, and it said, you know, gray sweatshirt, white pants, or uh, blue pants, um, sucking cock all night, will be here until 6 a.m. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> wow. And I, I was like, whatever. So I used the restroom, and I washed my hands, and I looked in the mirror, and I had a gray sweatshirt on, <laughs> and I had blue pants. <laughs> And my shift ended at 6 a.m. Oh. So I'm, I, just, I just took my whole arm and I'm like, <laughs> fucking erasing the whiteboard. No. I'm crying. Oh, God. This is terrible. I can't suck cock all night while I'm working. My day off's a different story. <laughs> Well, since Kenny does such thorough research, speaking of terrible things, he was telling us that you, in fact, might have just had an encounter with some bed bugs. Oh. Yeah, my. Mm. A a friend, a close friend of mine actually just went through that same situation. Really? Yeah, she couldn't go to work for a week. She just felt. Just awful about oh, it. Now, like dude. she can't go anywhere. She won't shop at thrift stores. I have n- I'm, no. She it's over. F- yeah, she's just like I can't. I can't enjoy a hotel anymore. I, I tear my hotel apart. Yeah. When I show up every hotel because I travel now I, uh, all the time. My my suitcase goes right in the bathtub, and then oh, I walk wow. and I tear all the sheets and everything What's off of the, the bed. I look for the I look in the creases of the mattress, yep. and you I, I refuse to and I, I won't use the drawers. I don't use the wo- you can't use wood because they like wood. They hide in wood. Yep. Um, 
I, I must have oh, gotten them. Oh, I know them. that. Good to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they will hide in the dresser drawers because of clothes and things. But also, uh, you know, if you go to a hotel, you know the thing that you can stretch out and put your bag on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's wooden with the elastic bands? Mm-hmm. Don't use it. Okay. Oh, wow. Because people's bags will sit there and then w- even one of them will hide in there for fucking weeks. That's mm-hmm. the thing. They're just waiting. Yeah, they can live a long time, too. Dude, that's the, it, is my, it is truly, truly my greatest fear. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was a kid, when I found out there was such a thing as lice, I said, I told my mom, I said, shave my hair off. And she's like, why? And I said, because I don't want bugs living in my hair. Yeah. She yeah. goes, well, they don't. It doesn't happen all the time. I go, just the, just the fact that they could was yeah. enough to me to go, I'll I fucking lemon head. Yeah, done. The mm. idea of something nesting in oh, there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The bugs that eat your, live on you and eat you. Totally. Ugh. Yeah, so, I, I've, I've had bed bugs before, too, and it's miserable. Yeah. Like, I, I got them in L.A. when I was down there. I was staying... Um, Saying on sunset. Well, first I got uh, pink eye when I was down there on vacation from a this bowling alley. This is the best alley. vacation ever, by the way. Yeah, yeah. so pink eye from a like, bowling alley. Yeah, so I went down and visited he my brother. He's in a dirty bowling hole. Dirty San dirty Diego. Yeah, yeah, I was visiting my brother in San Diego, and the last day we were there, we went bowling. And the next morning, I woke up and I'm like, man, my eye is really itchy. Like, what's going on? And we had been to the beach, so like maybe I got sand in there or whatever. And we're going up to L.A. for the second half of the trip to stay up there for like three or four days with a friend and. And I, throughout the day, it just gets worse and worse. My eye just gets more and more sore, and it starts getting red. And it's like, oh, okay, yes, yeah, so we all yeah, know what weeping. pink eye is. Yeah, we all know what pink eye is. Yeah. I don't. You don't oh. know what pink eye is. <laughs> Let's hear it. Dude, it's horrible. <laughs> oh, so fuck it was. That. It was the one eye was doing it. It's all crusted shut. Well, it wasn't yet. Oh, See, at that point, uh, we had, we went out to dinner. We were in. That was the first night we were in L.A. So we just drove up that day. And throughout the day, it starts getting redder and redder, and it starts like weeping. Which yeah. is the worst phrase ever? Yeah. Don't and uh, a weeping wound. No. And I'm like, what the hell is wrong with this? I must have really scratched it. I was basically in denial that it could be could it be pink eye. And uh, went to stay at this friend's house, this friend's apartment. And in the middle of the night, I wake up and my eye is completely crusted shut, and Gross. the other one hurts at that point. Oh god. And I'm like, oh no! All right, so I know moving what this on is. from the pink eye. Okay. Well, because I had had it before. I've I'd had it when I was a kid, and I've had it a couple of times in my life for some reason. Good lord! Yeah, I know. Oh, no, I, I got it know. in college. It was terrible. Like living in a dorm or anything. Like if one person got it, all of a sudden everybody has uh, it. Yeah, it's terrible. It's it's bad. So Ugh. so I woke up and I'm like, okay, well, I think I have pink eye. I'm gonna have to go to the hospital because I'm I'm there. I don't know where else to go. And clearly, I don't want to stay at this friend's house because I don't want to contaminate her place with. Pink eye. Right. So, um, so went to the hospital and then went and stayed, had to get a hotel, but hadn't really budgeted for it. So I had to find a cheap one. And so we stayed at this, um, the roadway in off of Sunset Boulevard. Don't ever stay there. They're terrible people. <laughs> and, and stayed there. And, you know, I, I got the medicine for it. So I had, this, I just wore sunglasses a lot and had to put this ooze <laughs> stuff in near this ointment in my mm. eyes. So I just wore sun, sunglasses eyes. everywhere and made uh, sure I didn't touch anything. Yeah. Well, you're in Los Angeles. So you're yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> look like an LA douche. Exactly. Like a, exactly. Yeah. Totally. Douche yeah. I just look like a, like a tourist douchebag. <laughs> I was like, whatever. I just don't want them to see my eyes. And, uh, and then went to, went to like Universal studios and did tourist stuff and finally the, the we stayed there for two days and the second the, the first night I woke up and I noticed I had some bites on me mm. and I'm like I thought mm. I'm, I'm susceptible to mosquitoes a lot I'm like well maybe there's mosquitoes around here or something I didn't pay too much attention maybe the, you had pink arm yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah at that Spreading. point I'm like ah whatever <laughs> I was more concerned about my eyes and then uh, woke up the next day to go catch the flight at like 5 a.m. and I'm covered just covered okay. in bites and welts like all over my face up. and all over pretty much any place that was uncovered mm. was was covered in bites and um it was it was bed bugs so i ended up having to go through the airport trying to fly back to portland with sunglasses on to hide my red oozing eyes bites and giant up. welts all over my face Jeez. and my arms Gross. trying to cover it all up next to you on the airplane yeah. i was afraid they weren't gonna let me on because yeah. I wasn't going to say like a anything. Leper or something. I can't believe they let you off. Yeah, I, yeah. I know. <laughs> Literally, just people in Portland are like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> Go back to Los that. Angeles. <laughs> it, was, it was miserable. Miserable. Did they spread to your house? Um, well, no. Once I got back, you know, I, we realized what it was. So you basically took the suitcases, wrapped them up in plastic bags, like triple sealed, yeah. buried those in a corner in the basement, and you can't touch any of that shit for it. Was like a year or something. I mean, I, mean, I think it was six months is what the actual the time was. I didn't touch it for over a year. Lifespan or whatever. Yeah, because they'll survive in there. But isn't the, the most amazing thing to me that I found out when I got them was that's, that's the cure. Uh, take all of your luggage outside in the hot sun and yeah. let it bake. Like, no, like, really? like you it's live in, heat, right? in Egypt. I mean, yeah. like you, you've not come any further along in right. eradicating Seriously. this species <laughs> than put your stuff in the sun and hope it bakes them out. Yeah. Crazy. Wow. That was the thing I couldn't understand. There, there's no, because I knew, I've known since I was a kid. I mean, I've known all about bed bugs. My mom, uh, you know, when she was little, she had them. And she told me stories of how um, they would put their their bed posts 
the the legs of their bed oh. into kerosene. Oh, and kerosene bowls of kerosene. I've heard of people doing it in water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and to make because if then they couldn't walk up, you know, they they would fall oh, in the kerosene. Yeah. Well, so what they did, the bed bugs, because they're geniuses. They went. <laughs> she saw them. They walked up the wall in a straight line and oh. walked across the ceiling and dropped oh. like paratrooper oh, that style. Is disgusting. Fuck that. Because they are they are totally hungry. Like that's their thing is they will find you. They will walk a hundred feet. Then yeah. if you look at them, they're, they're as big as apple seeds. They're tiny. Uh. They will walk over thirty yards if they smell blood to get to it. I, I, dude, I did all this research and oh. I was freaked the fuck itchy out. Now. They're the sharks yeah. of the yeah. insects. Tell me. Yeah. They're in my goddamn apartment. And, and oh. the thing is, they weren't biting me. That was the thing. Is I'm nocturnal, so I was like, I was up at night all the time. I, I had work in a graveyard schedule. My wife would get things on her arms and nothing major. She would always have like one or two or three mm-hmm. and just clumps, but nothing like you with the welts. Yeah. And this is over the course of weeks. And I kept saying, Jesus Christ, I, I, that, that's got to be bed bugs. I go, but it's not because I sleep in the bed and they don't bite me. Mm-hmm. What's, yeah. the, what's the deal? Um, and then it turned out, I did, once I started to do real research, the bugs are nocturnal. Mm. They won't come up during the day when I slept. So that's why they weren't biting me. Gotcha. Mm. So I, and it just started wow. to be, every clue was revealing itself, Kaiser Soze <laughs> style, where I'm like, this is bed bugs. I know it is, and I don't want it to be. And uh, fucking, I, so one night I went Agent Coolion, I just, my wife's in bed, and I opened the door, and I turned on the light, and I and there were two bugs in the bed. No! And I saw I saw them, and, uh, and I went, oh my God, and one disappeared, and I, I grabbed the one, and I put them in a baggie. I called Orkin that night, it was three in the morning, I fucking called Orkin, because they have a 24-hour. And they're like, yeah, that's probably it, we'll send out a guy tomorrow. So he came out, and... Uh, they, we tore up my house. He went all through it, and and he goes, I don't see anything that has like nests or you know because that they lift the mattress, they rip off the lining, they look all over because there's wood, and I had a canopy bed, so they could have hidden in the oh, posts geez, and stuff. Jesus. So he's looking through there. He's looking, and I'm I'm holding the mattress up, and he's going, I don't see, and because usually there's those exoskeletons like you said in the mm-hmm. seam, and there's like a little dots right. and blood patterns, and uh, he's saying, I don't see anything here. I don't, I don't, I'm not seeing it. Except for that is definitely a bed bug that you caught. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm holding the mattress up, and I, I, out of the corner of my eye, because again, I'm fucking Superman. Oh, I no. see it. No, no, no. Uh, no, no. There's, it, well, it's okay. There's okay. one. It, like, if it was been a thousand, I would have lost my shit. <laughs> oh, my God. I wouldn't even tell the fucking story. I'd have killed myself that day. It's from the oh, ceiling. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, all right. Little parachutes. Right. <laughs> uh, so I fucking look in my hand, by my hand, and there's one, and he's not even fast, because that's the thing is they're fast, they're quick, but really? he's just wobbling because he's, he's blood drunk, I find out later, because uh, he's wobbling. Oh, and, uh Jesus. We throw him. In, yeah, I invented that term. And yeah. Use it if you want. <laughs> I threw him in. A, we caught him, in the, and the working guy tried to grab him and put him in a bag, and he popped, and there was blood. Uh. And he goes, "Yeah, he goes, this, uh, this is a bed bug. You have them." And uh, <laughs> and the thing is, they will hide in your closet in your clothes. They will. Yeah. The second you know you have them, you have one. He's like, assume you have a thousand, and you just don't see them. Oh God! Oh my so God! So I, I lost my mind because I mean, because your life is destroyed. Your life is destroyed at that point <laughs> yeah. because it, it, you have to take everything out of your house and bomb it, and then throw away things, and you have to wash every thing of your clothing in the hottest water mm-hmm. and the dry it on the highest heat. And I, dude, I'm sitting there and I'm. Overwhelmed just by the task at hand, yeah. yeah. Let alone the fact that I now live in in this horrible nest. nest of death, yeah. and uh, <sighs> I, so we took it all apart. We destroyed. We threw away our bed. It was our wedding bed. It was the that we had. My wife had bought it when we moved in together in '93. Mm-hmm. We had had it for over t- almost 20 years. We threw it away. <sighs> I had to wrap it in plastic and all that shit. I had to take go to the laundromat for three days and like wash everything and dry everything. And then and they had to poison the house because they can't use DDT anymore. DDT would kill them, oh, right. yeah. but they can't because it also kills us. Mm-hmm. So they used whatever they used and. Uh, and I, I didn't want to, I, we, I threw away a ton of CDs and books. I mean, like all sorts of shit. It was, I'd lived in that apartment forever and we just wound up getting rid of it. We tried to go as lean as possible. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and my wife liked to go to, to go to garage sales and she enjoyed thrift stores and things like that. And I'm like, no more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Cause in LA you'll see, I see a couch now and all I see is a nest. Like yeah. I, I want nothing to do with it. Street couch. Fuck that. Oh yeah. No, no. Uh, so I don't, I want nothing to do with them. And so they never came back. I will tell you this. We, we did all that. And they are. We've never had a problem with them again. They're gone, and as far as I know, and I'm just super cautious when I go to hotels. Yeah, because I really yeah. used to like going to like little seedy hotels. Like, oh, this yep. one's cheap, but it's like now. As soon as yeah. I've had a couple friends who have had bed bugs, I'm like, fuck that. And the place where I think mm-hmm. I got them is in Toronto uh, because I, I I actually made a joke on my Facebook page. I go because I was talking about the place. It had a rusty drain in the in the shower, but it was a fancy hotel. It was gigantic, and it was a four star hotel on Priceline. Wow. I, and I got it at a discount price. Well, now I know why. <laughs> but yeah. uh, but I rolled. The, it was funny. I call. I saw a thing that I called the blood waffle 
on my cover. Oh. And it was this weird, that this weird blood pattern. Waffle? Yeah. Blood waffle? It was a really? weird pattern. And I talked about it, and I took a picture of it, and then I go, you know what, fuck it, I'll throw it on Facebook. And I threw it up, like, ladies and gentlemen, the blood waffle. Oh. It's just, you can see it on my Facebook page. Uh, but that was before I knew anything about bugs. Like, I, yeah. and then when I started to do the research, and I started to see the patterns of when people would get bitten, I was like, that's, that's oh, a fucking God. complete giveaway that there's bugs somewhere in the fucking room. Oh. And I wasn't bitten. They just fucking hitchhiked on my luggage and came to my house and then chowed down on my wife, man. It was wow. brutal. So beware of the blood waffle and blood drunken. So yeah. Blood yeah. waffle is the worst thing I've ever heard. <laughs> you should see it. It's on my Facebook page. I kind of want to, but then I don't. But you I really do. do. I do. Yeah, I kind of want to, too. Yeah. I I mean, I feel like so that was in fucking July. And I mean, yeah. I thank God I haven't had a problem with them since. But yeah, it's it's brutal. And then traveling, too, is just, again, I tear the whole place just apart. Everywhere. A whole place apart. Well, I was going to say, I mean, because you travel a lot, I'm assuming. I mean, the, going around city to city. Like, how often would you say that you travel in a month? Uh, it it ebbs and flows. I mean, mm-hmm. I, there was a, a time where I was going twice a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just recently, I actually had three shows scheduled in March and then a show in April. And then I'm going to Bridgetown. I'll be back here in a, in yes, a month. Yes, you're coming back pretty quick. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited. So mm-hmm. uh, so that kind of thing, you know, it, but it's being nipped in the bud now because I I'm, I'm have to re- do the show like the CD recording is going to be kind of the end of that material mm-hmm. and then I have to build a new show with a different material from mm-hmm. the podcast so oh that's exciting out. yeah so Bridgetown will be actually the first time I perform whatever the new thing is going to be so what you're saying is people can see you now and then they'll get to see a completely different show in a few weeks when you're yeah, back for you Bridgetown pay, if you pay to see this show this weekend which is Friday uh, it, it will be the culmination of the one man and there's a story that I've never told on the podcast and that's kind of the crux of why I went out and started to nice. do this and uh, and then the new show will be probably stories you've heard because I have no more untold stories <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, there's a couple I might be able to bring out, but the, the new show, I'm trying to figure out the direction of it. But yeah, at Bridgetown will be completely different than the one that you see this weekend. Which you can see tomorrow, Friday, March 29th at 8 p.m. at the Headwaters Theater, 55 Northeast Farragut, Suite Number 9. And we'll put this up on our Facebook yes, page, indeed. too, and on Twitter so and everything. Itchy. And uh, we have a pair of tickets to give away to this as well. So I think what we'll do is uh, let's, let's give them away via Twitter yep. this afternoon. So that way, everybody who's listening via podcast will have a chance to... To enter into so follow us on Twitter Fun Imp Radio and follow uh, Mike. Your handle is at the forty year old boy. At the forty year old boy, and it's uh, the number four zero. So it's the forty four zero year old Dude, boy. How tired of you um, getting jokes about the other Mike Schmidt? No, you know what? I uh, do you not. I, oh, I hear it all the time. Okay, okay. He was my idol growing up. That's uh, cool. Yeah, yeah. He was. Uh, I loved. I'm a Phillies fan to this day, and I was a huge. Ba- I'm a huge baseball fan, and so uh, I actually went to Wrigley Field to meet him. I mean, I, I'm a huge fan. So I did. It's it's funny when people do it because they think that I haven't heard it to that kind of thing I've heard it my whole life right. mm-hmm. but uh, but what's funny is now I'm, I'm hearing it less and less because nobody knows who the fuck he is yeah, yeah. he's retired <laughs> yeah. so, uh, but yeah it's, uh, I don't, I'm not tired of it but at the same time it is funny to hear it whenever yeah. I hear it I go oh that person's old yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're old you've dated yourself <laughs> awesome well um, I guess it's probably is yeah let's just to, should we just wrap yeah, up to, or do you want to stay for our show scene. closing sure it's a big awesome. to do it's not we just talk at the end yeah Mike yeah. thank you so much for coming in No, we really appreciate it so much fun the last time I came to town, people recommended you guys, and, and I think I actually awesome. wrote then. This is a couple years ago, but we never were able to connect. So thank you so much for cool, having. Cool, but oh. we'd love to see you again when you come for Bridgetown. Yeah. I hope so. Yeah, and thanks to Adrian for for everything. I mean, getting the propel and, and supplying the tickets. It's so nice of you. Thank you. Yeah, which is so cool. Yeah, and so a uh, pair of tickets being given away on Twitter at Fun Imp Radio. We'll do that uh, this afternoon and evening. So just follow us on there, set up an alert, and we'll let you guys know and uh, how we're going to be giving those away. Mm-hmm. Um, also, thanks to Kenny B. Yeah, Kenny. Hey. Kenny. Thank you, Kenny. Look at that flavored water for everyone. A clean right. car yes. true. bitching about us, which we'll talk about after the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's going to be some sincere talks happening. No. no Kenny, thank you. Be. Thank you for, for all your hard work. Um, send us an email, funemploymentradio at gmail.com. Give us a call, 503-575-9120. Uh, don't forget to go to funemploymentradio.com and click on the Amazon link if you're going to buy anything from Amazon. Amazon. Whatever it is, just go there first. Oh, and while we're plugging things, uh, <gasps> trivia yes. tonight Kenny, at 7 tonight, o'clock trivia. at Quimby's at 19th. So that's on, uh, 1502 Northwest Quimby. Please come check it out. On the corner so, of 19th and Quimby, right? That is correct. That is Sarah. correct. Yeah, Go yeah. hang out with Kenny. Hang he out with Kenny. He's an amazing KJ or K- TJ. 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 Yeah. TJ. Trivia jockey. Okay. Trivia jockey. Just go there and touch his hair. Stroke his hair when you see him. Mm-hmm. That way, Lovingly. Bring, that way yeah. he'll know you heard this. Mm-hmm. Just don't pull any of it out because I'm losing it. So. Okay. Well, that's fair. Your Rogan looks like it's working, though. It's it's filling in around yeah, the top here. Yeah, it is. I see yeah. some little hairs. Yeah. They're going in real good. Keeping it going. Keeping it real. Awesome. And uh, Mike, uh, where can people find your podcast and everything about you? Uh, you know what? You can get me at facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy, twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy. You can write me at mike at mikeschmidtcomedy.com. And you can find the show in iTunes by searching my name, Mike Schmidt, or searching the 40 year old boy. Uh, and also go to mikeschmidtcomedy.com for the Joe Business page and all sorts of fun stuff there. I want to thank David Hernandez, who does all the artwork. You'll see some of it on my site. And Lily Bunched Up, my producer. Without them, I am not uh, doing this show. So thank you. 
Awesome. That was amazing. That is perfectly succinct. Um, all right. We'll be back tomorrow with more Fun Employment Radio. Dot com. You're listening to the Fun Employment Radio Network.